Hello and welcome to Rise of the Data Cloud. Today's episode features an interview with Dan Wright, President and COO of DataRobot. Dan has deep experience driving growth and operational excellence at disruptive technology companies like DataRobot, AppDynamics, LogDNA, People.ai, and more. In this interview, Dan talks about machine learning, neural networks, how to get value from AI systems, and much more. So please enjoy this interview between Dan Wright, President and COO of DataRobot, and your host, Steve Hamm. It's nice to meet you, Dan. Great to meet you too, Steve. Now, you're out in California, and the company is in Boston, and that's kind of an unusual setup. How do you plug into the company from, from such a distance? You know, obviously, everybody's uh, remote right now, but we've been a pretty distributed company from the start. So we have a significant office in uh, Tokyo, in Japan, uh, significant presence in London and throughout the United States. And obviously, the, the headquarters, since the time the company was founded in 2012, has been in Boston. But we also do have a significant presence in the Bay Area, where I'm located. And over the course of the last year, acquired three different companies in the in the Bay Area. So we had a, a critical mass. I also have a, a personal connection to, to Boston. I lived there for three years before moving out to California, where I'm from originally. And then Jeremy and I hit it off immediately and kind of knew that we could work together, notwithstanding the distance. So it's it's been really good. And I come you know to Boston when we can travel, and he comes yeah. here, and it works pretty well. Now, you joined DataRobot as, as president and COO early in 2020. Previously, you were the COO at AppDynamics, both when it was an independent company and after it was acquired by Cisco. What's it like to get back into the startup world? It's amazing. I have a real passion for company building and also for bringing new technologies that just have a ton of value to customers to market. And I, I love that at AppDynamics and the opportunity to, to do it again now with uh, Data Robot has been really energizing for me, exciting for me. And this technology that we have is uh, truly unique and helps to unlock the power of AI, which is significant and will become more significant as we go. Yeah. So it's been you know great. I jumped, joined the company in January and I've loved every minute since I joined. Is this your first time as an executive of an AI company? Uh, have you had to have a crash course in machine learning? Yes and no. So even when I was at AppDynamics, uh, both pre and post mergers, there was uh, machine learning actually built into our product. So I was definitely familiar with how it works and then also the power that it can bring to, to customers in terms of automating traditionally manual tasks and speeding up both the path to value and to resolving pain points in the enterprise. And I had familiarity. At the same time, DataRobot is a unique company. It's end-to-end enterprise AI. It's all we do. And so that is a different ballgame. So had a good foundation to build from, but have obviously learned a lot since joining back in January. Now, DataRobot's value proposition is based on the idea of automated AI. What does it mean to automate AI? If you could walk us through how people use the platform, that might help. So it's easiest to describe if you look at the history of AI. So before companies like DataRobot, all of this was done manually. So people would actually create the machine learning models, manually coding them, 
And then they would do all of the tagging and cleaning of the data sets so that they could then apply that to the model. And then they would kind of hand off to, to DevOps and get those models into production. And then every time the data changed, you had to manually update the model. And each of those steps could take months, if not longer, to complete. And so DataRobot, when the company started in 2012, was the pioneer of first automated machine learning. So rather than somebody having to manually create the models, DataRobot was able to automate that entire process and take it one step further by taking all of the different potential models, including the best of open source, DataRobot specific models, and others, and figuring out what is the best model for that specific data set. And it was able to do that within minutes versus weeks and with a much higher quality of model. You knew that what you were getting was the very best. And then what we've been able to do since uh, that time has been to expand to automate the entire end-to-end journey that I was describing that was done manually before DataRobot existed. So all of the tagging and cleaning of the data, which again was highly manual before, we're now able to, to do automatically. We acquired a company, Pixada, last year and have integrated into the platform so that we can do that. Also, when it comes to deploying models in production, we have a, an MLOps offering that allows customers to not only uh, automate that process, but then once the models are in production, manage all of them and be alerted if there's any sort of data degradation or drift so that the models can be quickly updated based on the changes in data and then redeployed so that companies can get the value very, very quickly without any disruption. So we've really automated every step of that. And now what we're doing is actually, because we have the N10 platform, we're able to create applications on top, which we've now started shipping with our, uh, some of our recent releases. And what that allows you to do is, as a consumer of AI, get the value in a more streamlined, automated way, which is important because one of the biggest impediments to companies adopting AI in the past has been that it was a highly manual process. And as a result, it took a long time for companies to see value and then you would lose momentum. So we think by speeding all of that up, it's only going to accelerate this AI revolution that we're seeing. Focusing now on the the data analyst or the business analyst, what's the experience that they have and the process they go through using your company's technology? So one of the missions that we have and have had from the very start is around democratizing AI. So the idea is that you shouldn't need to be a PhD in data science to use this technology. And that's important because the supply of those types of people is much smaller than the demand for AI. And so it's imperative for just the state of technology and and companies at an individual level to enable the rest of their people. Business analysts are very well positioned to be able to use this technology now with the automation that we put in place. We say that all you really need is some curiosity and then some motivation and you can become successful. And and what that looks like for a business analyst is you can literally automatically curate the data. We have an AI catalog where you can also select uh, different data sets and then you can literally just press a start button and you'll get your model popped out. 
And that continues throughout the entire chain from data to value. So it's very quick to, to get to the point where you can create a model in production that's getting value. And then for a business analyst, if you're somebody who's accustomed to you know, working with a Tableau dashboard, now we're able to basically provide that same visibility, but use it with predictions, predicting what is going to happen in the future versus just reporting what has already happened in the past. And we think for business analysts, that has the potential to be a game changer and really um, allow them to add a lot more value to their companies. So basically, it sounds like one of the things you do is you take a whole process that normally or in the past, it took a data scientist to do and it might take months. Now, a business analyst can do it and do it in a few minutes. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That sounds almost miraculous. Well, we actually say it's, uh, it, it should and it does to our customers feel like magic. But the nice part about it is because we sell to many of the, the Fortune 500 and the Global 2000, it does feel like magic. But the nice thing is if they want, get a blueprint of everything that's going on sort of under the hood and understand in a fully auditable way what, what is actually happening. And then that's very powerful. Yeah. So they can go back and audit it and look through the process and see, well, this is there was this whole automated thing that I didn't see into. I just got the results, but now I can check back and make sure that I understand the process and there's nothing that that troubles me about it. I feel very confident that I'm getting the right data, the right analysis on it and the right results. Yeah, that's right. And that's important because what we've seen is at an executive level and business analysts, others, they understand that this is a massive sea change that is going on in technology. There's all sorts of stats out there. There's a recent IDC uh, report that found that spending on AI systems is going to increase by 31% in 2020 from 2019. Mm -hmm. And PwC forecast that it could contribute 15.7 trillion to the global economy by 2030. So the value is, is very clearly there. But to unlock that value, especially for many of the largest banks, the largest healthcare institutions and other heavily regulated entities, they need to know that what's going on under the hood is fully auditable and that they can actually trust their AI. And so we built that in from the very beginning and I think is one thing that differentiates us out there in the market. I think about C-suite people. I mean, I'm sure they're not your core user, but do do CEOs, COOs, are they able to use the tool as well? Yeah, they can absolutely use it. And we are seeing a lot of demand for that. So I would say because of how strategic this is for companies where they realize that they're sitting on more data than they've ever had in the past and that there's tremendous value in that data, but they need some way of automating the application of data science to that data in order to unlock the value that there's um, tremendous demand. And now what we're able to do is show them the value that they're getting in a pretty unique way. So we have dashboards that show what are you actually getting in terms of ROI based on your different AI use cases. And that facilitates one of gaining a lot of momentum in these companies. Because again, once people see the value that they're getting, it becomes just very exciting. They want to do more. And then that speeds up adoption. And it also, for us, just allows us to have great conversations with our customers. Just earlier this week, I was talking to 
one of the most senior executives at one of the largest healthcare companies in the world. Uh, I also talked to another senior executive at one of the largest banks in the world. And we're having strategic conversations with them about, hey, they want to become an AI-driven enterprise and they don't want to go after a single use case anymore. They want to go big and have this really be how they operate their companies going forward. And, and the visibility that we provide is a key part of that. Earlier this year, DataRobot announced some major new capabilities for the platform. Let's explore a couple of those, which I find particularly intriguing. If you would, talk about automated deep learning. Yeah, this is a really interesting topic and I think an exciting uh, new addition to, to our platform. So first, I think when you think about deep learning, it's important to understand what is the difference between deep learning and uh, machine learning. And it really comes down to how the data is, is presented. With machine learning, the algorithms pretty much always require structured data. While deep learning networks rely on layers of what we call artificial neural networks. And so it, it just enables much more rapid and, and natural insights. And so with this new platform, we're really unlocking some pretty exciting new applications of the, the technology that you know, had never previously been possible. And we did that by, as we've kind of taken the, the approach in the past, leveraging the best of open source technology, but also applying uh, kind of enterprise curation and the security that we, we built into the platform to really help customers. And so that's been really well received by our customers so far, and we're pretty excited about where that's going. And we've now got this new suite of deep learning approaches that are 100% ready to deploy in production. And we built them, again, from the ground up using this architecture that improves performance and accuracy. And we've managed to improve uh, top model accuracy on 8% of, of data sets, for example, in, in our repository of internal benchmarks. So again, more automation, more accurate models, and that adds up to value for customers. Yeah. I think it might be helpful if you differentiate between machine learning and deep learning. There's a significant difference, and I think not everybody understands it. So could you do that? I think the, the biggest thing to understand with the difference between deep learning and machine learning is machine learning has been around for a while. So I mentioned that even before DataRobot, pre-2012, there was machine learning. It was just done you know, manually. Deep learning is sort of an emerging field more recently than, than machine learning. And some of the barriers around it have been the same as machine learning. So having a highly manual process in order to apply deep learning, but then also it's incredibly expensive and, and time consuming. I would say even more so than just other, other applications of machine learning. And now what we've been able to do is we've been able to make deep learning models easy and simple. So we significantly boosted our deep learning capabilities. We powered this by a new Keras-based model framework from which DataRobot recently secured a provisional patent. And we've leveraged open source projects like TensorFlow and others and created a, a new suite of deep learning approaches that are 100% ready to deploy in production. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say the, the biggest difference with deep learning is again, it's, it's sort of a, a newer emerging area. And in the past, I would say even more than machine learning, deep learning has been you know, practiced by a, a very small subset of uh, the population. And now we're enabling a larger part of the 
population to use deep learning by just simplifying and automating the process, which again is, is core to our mission yeah. of data robot. That's helpful. Now, visual AI, talk about your new capabilities there. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. And it, the, the headline that I would say for, for this one is it unlocks so many applications in so many industries for so many different use cases. And I'll give a few examples of it. First, what it is at the, at the top level is we can literally take any image and provide the application of machine learning to that, that image. And you know how does that actually translate in practice? Well, retailers can use computer vision to improve customer experience, detect when a product is out of stock on store shelves, and even watch for suspicious activity to help with theft or, or loss prevention. Manufacturers can use visual AI to identify product defects in real time. So rather than having to wait, a manufacturer ships a product and then they found out there's some defect and then you've got to do some massive recall, which can cost millions of dollars. You can be alerted to that before that release ever happens and avoid just an incredible amount of cost. We do that by monitoring all of the parts and components as they come off the production line and then feeding those images into the model to flag potential defects and avoid problems further downstream. Oh, that's really interesting. And I can give a couple more examples. I I think it would be great if you would, yeah. One that might be particularly interesting just given what's going on right now and and I found very interesting is with healthcare. So healthcare providers can use image-based neural networks to automate the examination and diagnosis of health issues. So from MRIs, CAT scans, x-rays, all of that had to be done by humans in the past uh, using the human eye. We're now able to apply AI to that analysis, which results in it being much faster and with a much lower error rate. So you can understand, I think, at a really human level, the impact and the power of that technology. I remember not too many years ago when the big new innovation here was to send the MRIs and the other images to India overnight and have people there examine them and send the results back. But now you can do it with AI probably in seconds rather than an overnight um, process. That's right. That is very, very cool. Now, there are a lot of AI companies out there And it seems like there's a race going on among them to broaden their platforms and become one-stop shops for AI-based analytics. And you mentioned at the top that you've made several acquisitions there in the past months. How do you see things going? Is it going to be a lot of best of breed or do you see that you think there are going to be a lot of kind of uh, one-stop shops companies out there? Yeah. It's a really big opportunity when you think about AI. I mentioned the, the PwC stat, 15.7 trillion is estimated to be contributed to the global economy by 2030. So when you have a market opportunity that's that big, and it's very clearly here, it's going to be a noisy market. And of course, this one is. What we see in the market is that there's a lot of companies that are either saying that they do AI and really what they do is some very small kind of niche application of machine learning as part of uh, their product. There's others that are AI companies, but they're really focusing on automating one piece of that journey from data to value. And so our vision 
from the very beginning has been to be the system of record, one single platform for enterprise AI at all steps from the, the preparation and the tagging of the data all the way to getting models in production. And then we talked about applications, et cetera, and enabling these decisions that enterprises need to make based on their data in an automated way. And I think what we've done now is through both organic development, and I'm always blown away with what our product team continues to release, some of the features that we just talked about, and now with visual AI and and, and deep learning, those are great examples of that. But we've been able to push the state of the art and really establish ourselves as the end-to-end enterprise AI platform and the leader in the, the industry. And I feel really good about where you know we are in the market. We were our first mover. We were the first to do that. I always credit Jeremy's uh, foresight. He was one of the top data scientists in the world. He was running data science at Travelers Insurance. So he had a unique vantage point to see this trend coming. He moved quickly. And then the company has been very aggressive. We've invested hundreds of millions of dollars to creating this technology and bringing it to market. And now what we think we have is, is an opportunity now to, to really accelerate because we have every piece of that end-to-end platform and that is really differentiated. And now we're in the position where we can go into what we call modelless AI, uh, which is with these applications and enabling decision-making for consumers of AI very uh, rapidly. And there's a, a very big uh, market for that out there. Yeah. It's really sunk into me recently how... In our economy and the business world these days, the concentration of power and revenue growth and profits really is focusing in on just a few companies. Like I was looking at a mutual fund that had was the S&P Growth Fund. And basically the top 10 investments in that company were all tech companies. I mean, in that, yeah. in that mutual fund were all tech companies. And it was all, I mean, it was like, it was Microsoft, it was Google, it was Facebook, it was Amazon, of course. And when I think about the world of the future, you could say a lot of the profits and a lot of the revenue, a lot of the dynamism in the world is going to come from 15 or 20 companies, not from 500. It's really, it's a remarkable moment. And uh, I also think Snowflake has an opportunity to, to be among the the important technology companies. I couldn't agree more on both of your points. I think we are in a a very unique and exciting time. I think when you look at the the Fortune 500 and the Global 2000, the the winners for the next generation are being defined right as we speak in technology. And obviously I I mentioned that I feel we're well positioned, but I I totally agree with you on Snowflake, just an amazing company. And I think that the sky is the limit when it comes to Snowflake. Well, I know you're new to the company, but if you could describe kind of the partnership with Snowflake, when did it start? What kinds of stuff do the companies do together? So I had been familiar with Snowflake, obviously, before I ever started at Data Robot. And when I joined, I was very eager to understand where we were in our partnership because I saw a lot of potential there. Obviously, Snowflake being the system that more and more customers are using to uh, store and and manage their valuable data uh, and data robot allowing uh, companies to apply data science in an automated way to unlock the value of that data. You could see the synergy even as someone who is new. And as I dove in, I think there's just an incredible amount of potential for the partnership. Snowflake is data robots, number one data platform uh, partner 
and one of our most strategic partners. And the valuable data that you have, you can now leverage machine learning and give customers a pretty differentiated experience. And so we've really leaned into the partnership. We focused on four different areas in particular. One is on product integration. The second is on customer marketing. The third is on our our joint sales go-to-market, which I've been um, very closely involved in. And then also with the executive team alignment. And Jeremy and I have regular contact with with Frank, but also with with Chris. And that partnership is, is really, really good. So that's Frank Slootman, the CEO of Snowflake, and Chris Degnan, the chief revenue officer you're referring to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So get a little granular here. Describe a scenario f- for a customer using Snowflake and Data Robot together, and and what kind of yeah, va- great, what kind of value do they get out of it? Great question. I'll, I'll give a an example. So one that I really like is with Be- Beacon Street Services. So Beacon Street was able to work with Data Robot and Snowflake to optimize their subscription campaigns, and they're on track now to add 15 million in additional sales directly attributed to their work with Snowflake plus Data Robot. So to me, that's one example just showing the the value and the power of what we can do together. 15 million in additional sales, that will move the needle for almost any company. There's another example that I'll give, which is Harmony. Harmony leverages uh, Data Robot and Snowflake to maximize the value of its data science teams. As a marketplace lending platform, Harmony uses both technologies together to gather, understand, and use their critical data in a way that informs their entire customer journey and makes the experience really delightful for their customers. So as we speak, we're in the middle of the COVID crisis, which is putting incredible stresses on many companies like never before. How is it affecting Data Robot and your customers? It's impacting every industry and every uh, business. Our customers are not uh, immune to that. And we feel that we have a a unique ability and and an obligation really to help them navigate through their digital transformation during this, this time. And across the board, we're seeing companies that are looking for ways to empower their people to be as productive as possible even as the ability to provide additional headcount may be more limited just based on uh, the current environment. And so there's been a massive push to automate as many workflows as you you possibly can. And also to uh, understand how should I think about my business decisions now that the world has changed so much. So whereas before, they already understood that the, the world changes rapidly, your data changes rapidly. And so you do need to automate the application of AI in order to keep up with those changes. Now, all of that has been accelerated and the world is changing massively from day to day and, and week to week. And so we're helping companies not only keep up with that, but actually get in front of that. We're seeing all of the trends that are happening right now from the changing economy to the shutdown of physical businesses to the move to online purchasing really accelerate some of our interactions with our, with our customers. And the other thing that we've been trying to do, in addition to helping with customers more at a company level, is we do think it's an opportunity for AI to, to help at a sort of country and a global level. And so we've been able to build a highly accurate model that predicted 
88% of the top 50 counties most likely for, for COVID to spread in the U.S. We did a blog about that. Um, we've been able to share with policymakers how we see this unfolding, and we're trying to communicate very actively with them so that they can take preemptive measures and help citizens take preventive uh, measures as well. We also have launched a dedicated research center to our community so that they can use Data Robot to uh, perform research that will help with COVID-19. And another theme that we've heard from customers is, okay, I've got all my models. Many companies have hundreds or thousands of machine learning models in production now. But again, the world has changed. How do I manage and update my models quickly so that I can continue to get value even in light of that change and make the correct decisions based on that change. Because as we know, if you have a model and it's not updated as information changes, you won't get accurate predictions. And so we did a webinar called AI in Turbulent Times, where we talked about best practices and how customers can stay up with those changes and, and make sure that they're getting accurate predictions and the you know business results that they're looking for. Now, I know you've, you've offered the platform for use free of charge for organizations and individuals participating in the Kegel competition, which is sponsored by the White House. This is for COVID-related research. Is that different than the kind of capabilities you're giving to your regular clients, or how does that work? So Jeremy and Tom, who co-founded DataRobot, they were initially um, very involved with that community, and they were actually two of the the top-ranked data scientists uh, within that community globally. And so it's kind of stayed near and dear to the the company. And at the same time, when we heard that the White House was sponsoring a competition to do COVID-related research and try to help with the current crisis that's going on throughout the country, we felt like we had to do something. And so this was a while back, right after COVID hit, we ended up offering our platform free of charge to anyone who's interested in participating in that competition to help with the response efforts. And that includes both access to our automated machine learning, but also access to the data preparation solutions that we provide with the idea being that we could enable all of those data scientists participating around the world to get to actionable insights much faster than if they had to do it through another means or if they didn't have access to the platform. And so far, the reception has been great. More than 500 people from dozens of countries have signed up for the trial. Um, and these people have spent more than 5,000 hours uh, just on automated machine learning alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you able to see into what, what have they accomplished with it, what, what the results are? Or is it too early to tell? We know that they've made a significant amount of, of progress, but I do think that the situation is going really rapidly and, and we're pretty focused right now. That's a big focus for us, not just with this effort, but I'd say as a company as a whole, doing everything possible especially as states look at potentially starting to reopen to make sure that it's done in a way that is um, going to maximize the safety of, of everybody involved and also allow different counties and states to plan as well as possible when it comes to supplies and other things that are going to be important. And so we've made a lot of progress, but I would say the ending to the story is, is still a ways off and we're continuing to do whatever we can every day to help. Yeah. I think that's interesting what you say about counties, because clearly the crisis doesn't affect every country or every region of every country the same. And in order to deal with it and, and proceed sustainably and not have flare-ups, it will have to go down to the county to make 
kind of decisions about what do we do here, and then if and if there's a quick res negative response, then how do we clap back? So a lot of it is going to be this very close management of the real world, and it will require real time data analytics to get it done. I think that's this may be the most powerful demonstration of, of data analytics and their usefulness and AI's usefulness that we've seen, I think. I totally agree. And it's because it's such a complex problem, right? As you said, it's not at a country level or a state level, it's down to a county level. And so on top of that, people move around, right? And that's happening even more now. And so the ability to provide automated processing of the massive amounts of data down to the county level. And then also we have geospatial and, as I mentioned, visual AI built into the platform. And that allows you to actually monitor the movement of people and create predictions as that's evolving. So that's why I say I do think it's an important moment for AI to, to try to help during the crisis. And, and we feel an obligation to do anything possible to, to help out. So. Yeah. Let's look out a few years, five years. What do you think is going to be happening with your company? And how do you think data and data analytics will be affecting business and society? I mean, there's no doubt that AI is, in my opinion, the, the most transformative technology of our time. I really believe that the potential for this technology to impact not only our customers, but the entire world is really unprecedented. And, and when I was thinking about what I wanted to do after uh, leaving my last company, AppDynamics, and where did I want to go next? I was struck by just that massive shift that's happening in the market. It's it's almost cliche to say right now, but software ate the world, as Mark Andreessen said, during the last decade. And I really believe that there's this new trend that's going to happen in 2020 and, and beyond, which is about the adoption of AI and companies that previously relied on software to digitally transform now taking the next step and racing to adopt AI to solve their most critical problems and try to gain a, an edge on the competition. And so I like to say AI is, is eating software in some ways. All those large software companies that came up are now going to race to adopt yeah. AI. Yeah. And I think that the potential for that is, is technology and is massive. And just to give some flavor of that, it's very apparent to me now having been with the company sometime that every company is now an AI company. Yeah. And that includes a, a major uh, retailer like, like Kroger, which is a large customer of ours, to bank like PNC or a healthcare provider like Steward Health. Every single customer across every single industry can get tremendous amounts of value from this technology. And once all these models are created and they're in production, then you have to have a way of managing them all. Right. And so I think we're uniquely positioned to not only help with the adoption of AI, but the management of all those models and all of that data, especially when you combine you know, data robot with a, a partner like Snowflake. So I see, I would say, a, a very large market already expanding rapidly over the next five years. And I uh, you know, do feel like we're in a position to emerge as uh, the leader in that market. And that's one reason that I joined and it's very excited exciting for me uh, when I look into the future. Yeah. It's amazing to think the libraries of the future might be AI models. I mean, with, with mi literally millions and millions of models kind of sitting on the shelves waiting to be used. Yeah, I mean, that's right. And I, I think the beauty of that is 
in my mind, it, it allows for a lot of freedom for humans to do the sort of highest level work that they can do and also frees up mental space for, for creativity, right? I, I think we've all felt at a personal level, I know I have, that there's just so much data nowadays and how do you even manage it all? And for us, the real opportunity is even at a personal level, allowing people to automate some of the more manual tasks and just the decision-making that can result in, in a lot of fatigue and inefficiency and enabling people and companies to use those insights, which they generate automatically to, to make better decisions, which will then free them up to think about, okay, what else is possible now? Yeah. Really interesting. When you talk about AI eating software, so there's there might be much less of the kind of the drudge work of coding to be done. And that frees up people with, with brains and creativity to be analysts and to be inventors. So it really yeah. does. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous flipping from essentially manual labor into automated labor. And I think that's really going to make a, a huge difference as we go forward. Yeah, exactly. We, we talk a lot about empowering human and machine intelligence. There's things that AI can do that, frankly, people don't want to do and aren't best positioned to do. And we can automate a lot of that. And then what it enables and empowers people to do is things that humans are A, better at, and B, they enjoy doing more. So I think if you can do that, it really uh, paints a picture of a bright future in front of us. Yeah. Well, people worry about the machines taking over, but I think a different and more positive and I think actually more realistic model is of collaboration and kind of division of labor in a sense, just like what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a, for whatever reason, maybe it's some of the movies that have come out, but there, there does seem to be a, a fear of, of AI and machine learning in places. And uh, that that can actually slow people down when it comes to adopting the technology. But what we've seen is that there's just tremendous value if you leverage the best of machine intelligence and combine it with the best of human intelligence. It really pushes the boundary of what's possible. And the applications, again, are across every industry. They're truly global. And uh, we try to reinforce that at every opportunity. We even have our mascot is a very friendly looking cartoon uh, mascot, which yeah. my, my kids love. They love their data robot t-shirts. Yeah. It's just reinforcing that point that this is actually something that is empowering to humans. And we see a future where humans and, and, and uh, machines work together in a way that is very empowering to, to people and enables them to do their highest level work. So Dan, thanks so much for your time today. Your stories and insights about what you do with AI, what you do with data, what your customers do, what you enable them to do. It's really been fascinating. And in fact, really exciting for me. Well, thanks so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation and uh, yeah, we're very excited to continue forward and, and obviously very excited about our partnership with Snowflake. So thank you again for the time. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com data cloud world tour.